Have you ever looked around at other web designers and agencies and other businesses and thought, you know, there seems to be a little bit something different about the way they actually run their business and operate as a business owner than me. I've been trying to pinpoint what that is and put my finger on it for some time. And I want to kind of have a brainstorming session with you on this episode of the Subscription Web Design Podcast all about this with something that, at least for now, I'm calling Web Designer Identities. So I'm thinking out loud here, and I want to ask the question and deal with these three different categories that I'm calling the worker, the scaler, and the dealer. Okay, the worker, the scaler, and the dealer. Now, I don't know that these are going to be the terms I stick with forever. Again, this is a brainstorming session that I'm sort of letting you into here, and I'm excited to talk about it and, and see if this resonates with any one of my audience. So please leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, that's fine, but maybe go over to YouTube and leave a comment or either email me um, in order to um, yeah share your thoughts on this. I would love to hear them. So let's talk through these and what they are and how I think they can help you think through who you want to be in your business, right? The first identity is the worker, the worker. This is the person who is just flat out passionate about web design itself. For some reason, there's just a huge passion for the actual art and the work and maybe even the science of web design. Full disclosure, that's not me, okay? I Don't get me wrong. I love what we do. I love owning a web design business. I love, um, you know, I do love aspects of it. But I'm not the person who wants to sit in front of a computer and design websites all day. That's not what I want to do. I want to serve clients. And I'm not saying those are mutually ex exclusive. You could, you could want to do both. But for me, I don't have the passion for the actual art itself. So I work with people who do have that passion and do have that skill and they're constantly honing and developing that. So if you're the worker, here are just a few things about that identity and that personality. Typically, this is going to be someone in the early stage of the business, right? So I was the worker in the early stages of the business, even though I knew long-term, I didn't want to be. Sometimes for at least a while, you're going to be in that stage. Now, if you've read, let me just say this point here. If you've, if you've read um, Michael Gerber's book, The E-Myth, you might be thinking with these identities that maybe I'm going to go the route of um, the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. Okay, those are things that he talks about in that book. It is a little bit different, but I have to admit, reading that is when I first sort of had this idea, the seeds of this idea. So it's not the same thing. There's definitely going to be subtle nuances, and I'm not going to take the time to explain the nuances on this podcast, but if you want to go check out the book, The E-Myth, it's easily one of the best business books of all time, mandatory reading as far as I'm concerned. So please go check that out, um, uh, but it's not something that you know is going to directly map onto what we're talking about here. This is the closest one, though, probably, right, is that the, um, the, the worker is akin to maybe the technician in Michael Gerber's framework. So this is going to be someone, again, early stages of the business. This is going to be something where you can decide to stay here, okay? You actually can decide to stay in this worker identity, in this worker phase of the business as you go long-term. Now, what you may want to do is laser focus on your best contribution. So maybe it turns out that you love and or are really good at the design part of it. Then maybe you'd want to outsource the actual building and maintaining and all of that stuff to where you just do the design. Or maybe you like coding and you want to outsource the design. Whatever you do there, 
you know, you're still thinking about taking a, a huge role in being the worker in the business. And that's the, the point that I'm getting to here. If you do this, the only way to essentially make more money is to raise prices and increase exclusivity. Okay. In other words, you're going to start working with a more well-defined group of people. Certain people are going to be able to get to you. You might have a wait list over time and you're going to have to raise your prices. And eventually, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to skill up and get to the point where you get so good that you are being sought after. You can sustain a wait list and you're raising your prices to make sure that you're staying competitive. By the way, I know of some people I could list off the top of my head who are in this position, right? They are in demand. They don't want to scale. So they're raising their prices and putting out a wait list. You can definitely do that. It's totally a path if that's the way you want to go. And then just you have to keep in mind if you're going to keep this identity that you do always have to be up to date on the technical work, okay? Whatever skill that is, design, coding, maintenance and management, hosting and engineering, or if you're going to do all of it especially, you're going to have to do a lot of research on keeping up exactly with the trends of what's going on, making sure that your designs are leveling up with the times, making sure that you're using the right new tools and technologies over time, um, you know, keeping up with new plugins and things that are coming out if you're using WordPress, things like that. You're going to have to be all up in those details if you're going to stay as the worker. Okay, so that's the worker identity. The second identity is the scaler, okay? The scaler. Now, there are so many different ways you could go with this, okay? And probably somebody else, if they were teaching the same concept, might have a little different definition than me. So I'm going to just kind of roll with what I've got here. And again, I value your feedback. So as I see it, this is the position that I am currently in and is potentially the position that I plan to stay in. I, I don't actually know this for sure, um, but I'm, I'm thinking through this actively in my life and in my, in my work right now, okay? So full disclosure, this is where I'm currently at. I'm in this idea of the scaler, okay? Now the scaler wants to build a lifestyle business. Okay, now let me just say, the worker might say that he or she wants to build a lifestyle business, but it's, it's very important that you understand that it will actually be kind of difficult for a worker to build a lifestyle business because ultimately a worker is not really making money unless they're sitting in front of the computer. Now, I'll caveat by saying that this is, after all, the Subscription Web Design Podcast and probably the best way to guarantee that you can make money and break away from just sitting in front of the computer whenever it's time to make a dollar is to do a recurring business model, a subscription web design model. I think we offer the best chance for a worker to build a lifestyle business. But all in all, a worker still depends on the, the work getting done being with the person who is sitting there in front of the computer doing the work. Whereas with the scaler, a lifestyle business is the idea. So the idea here is I can go take a week off if I need to within reason whenever I want to, right? I can take a day off here. I can go run some errands here. I can pick my kids up from school and take them to school and it's not a problem. I can fit the tasks and activities that I need to get done, which are typically a little bit less and they're certainly less technical um, throughout the day into a more flexible schedule than if I'm the worker, okay? Because I'm using leverage. I'm using leverage in terms of tools and automation and also people, which brings me to the next point with a scaler. So the scaler wants to build a lifestyle business and also is focused on using a small team 
And I would say with mostly contractors. Why mostly contractors? Because uh, while I think a scaler absolutely can get into hiring full-time people, and maybe in some cases even should, whenever you have a, a, a full-time, when, when you're paying for somebody else's lifestyle in total, okay, when you are where the buck stops, you are responsible for caring for their family. There is a level of pressure on you that can be helpful for some people, and it's certainly not a bad thing. I mean, lots of businesses employ full-time people. But if you're trying to build a lifestyle business, it's going to be difficult when you're thinking about that you have to care for your lifestyle and the lifestyle of others as well. Now, it's not to say that I don't care about my people. I do. And in fact, at least one of my people works basically full-time for me. Okay? I know that. So I still feel that a little bit. But they are technically a contractor. Okay? And it's just, it's just business in the sense that if something goes down, we have less work one month you know, than another or something like that. You know, I, I'm not beholden to a specific salary to pay uh, as a result of that. Okay. Obviously, I want to do my best to keep work coming in so that, you know, our family does well and their family does well. I very much care about my people. But it is important to know that there's a subtle difference there between having contractors and full time people. And so you're focused typically on a small team. You're not trying to build a, 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 a mega, you know, huge operation if you're in this role. Okay. So the next thing is how do you make money? Well, you scale up using people, then price, okay? People, then price. You bring in more people, and then you raise the price as you need to in order to actually pay for those people. And this is where you can decide, okay, well, I want to cap my team. Let's say I only want a team of five because once it gets beyond that, it starts to get a little bit crazy, okay? Fine. Then what you do after you've scaled up to the amount of people that you want, okay, is you use price. To raise prices, and um, you know, if you're doing good work, that should not be a problem. You can also um, build processes, right? And you should, if you're having people work with you at all, you want to build processes that make the work a lot simpler and easier. So that on the one hand, you're being more efficient and it's saving you money, and on the other hand, you're getting better, and so you're raising prices and you're making more money. Okay, so you scale using people and then using price and you. Uh, build processes in the background in order to make that a even more profitable and more efficient operation for you. And when you do this, if you're the scaler, you are going to be more removed from the technical work, but still involved. So for me, you know, on any given day, I might have between one and three hours of my day um, uh, somewhere in there. And some days it's a lot less and some days it's a lot more. So that's just an average. On average, one to three hours per day of thinking about the web design business in terms of the work, right? And I'm always thinking about the business in terms of pricing and strategy and sales and marketing and all of that. There's a lot of aspects that go into that. But as the scaler, I'm talking about on average between one to three hours per day, depending on meetings and things, of thinking about the work of web design. and less than 30 minutes per day actually doing the work of web design, okay, on average. Now, some days I might have to jump in and do a little something, but for the most part, I'm trying to zoom in and clear blockages or fix problems or um, guide my team on an issue rather than actually sitting down and turning the buttons and doing the actual work myself. It's a better result when they do it, but if it's done with my guidance, it will also be a better result. So that's kind of the position. And by the way, I love this position. You could probably scale up, I don't know, I'm just going to blue sky here, a million, maybe $2 million 
a year. Uh, yeah, probably you could probably get up to two million a year in a small teams agency like this with the right pricing and the right clientele. Um, and that's a perfect business and a perfect living for a lot of people. And especially if you're doing it in the context of a recurring model, you know, it's it's really gravy. I mean, then you can get into wait lists and things like that if you want to. You don't have to scale massively. Okay. The scaler can be in a position where we get to a, a certain point and then it and then it sort of caps out. And that's totally fine. Or you can move into a different vertical and start building up a little bit of a business, you know, there. I don't know. There's lots of different things that you could do. Um, but this is kind of how I have the idea of the scaler in my mind uh, currently. Okay. And then last, the final web designer identity is going to be the dealer. Okay. Now, this is really not a web design identity. This is more of a business identity. Okay. This is somebody who sees themselves as an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, and again, this is where I say in my mind, I'm sort of a blend between the scaler and the dealer. And maybe these categories just aren't clear enough yet. And that's totally fine. But there are aspects of the dealer that I have and then aspects of the scaler that I have. Okay, so the dealer spends probably 90 plus percent of his time either thinking about the business or in meetings. And why is that? Well, because the, the reality is, is that um, business gets done with relationships. And when you are at the point of your business trying to wheel and deal, then the way you make deals is by talking with people. People are the ultimate leverage in that sense, okay? And so it's all about those relationships that you have. And you're going to be doing a lot of meetings and talking a lot to people. And my thing is, I don't really like meetings that much. I love people. I just don't like meetings. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to spend 90 plus percent of my time thinking. I spend a lot of my time thinking now, and, and thank God for it. I'm grateful for that. But, yeah, meetings, I try to limit those. And so if you are somebody who likes to be on the phone all day and be in different meetings here and there, I mean, just watch. Watch Gary V and do one of his daily vlogs online or, um, you know, read Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal or something. And you will just see how this person thinks. This person thinks in terms of meetings where 15 minutes of their time translate into hours of work for another person or another team to go out and, and do leveraged activities that ultimately make money for the business owner. Okay. This is the kind of the mindset, the kind of thinking that the dealer has, okay? And and I again, I know people who run web design agencies who are dealers. This is how they think, okay? And uh, so this is not unheard of. Okay, the second piece of this is they look for exponential growth opportunities instead of linear, okay? Exponential growth instead of linear. So they are starting instead, instead of thinking all the time about how do I grow my agency's footprint? They're thinking about, how do I, let's say their, their agency, if you're watching online, let's say I've got my hand right, uh, I've got my hand right here. If you're, if you're not watching rather and you're listening, I've got my hand about midway to my chest, right? And I'm going to put my other hand um, about my head level and they're buying a business that are at that head level and then automatically combining their businesses and my bottom hand is coming up to match the other and now they can scale that way, okay? So they are thinking in terms of exponential deals, deals that move the meter, ten, uh, meter excuse me, 10x instead of moving up maybe 2x, right? There's a whole book written about that concept. 10x is easier than 2x. And that's the thinking. It's when you're when you're doing that sort of exponential growth thinking instead of linear thinking, it's bigger thinking. And um yeah, it's the kind of it's the way that people who think like this, their brain just works this way. 
and it makes it easier for them. And I do think it's a learned skill. I mean, it, it's better if you just kind of have it, but it, you can learn how to do this as well. Okay, third, with this path, the, the dealer has virtually unlimited scale, okay? You can, so you can scale this thing to the moon, literally, right? I mean, look at Elon, right? You can literally scale this thing to the moon or to Mars or wherever you want to go when you're thinking like the dealer. But there's more stress and more time demands, okay? So um, this is very much not a lifestyle business. This is somebody who loves the game of business so much that they would spend all day, oftentimes to the sacrifice of many other things in their life doing this, okay? And that's just the reality of the situation. This person is going to have more stress and more time demands on them, and it's going to be a less fun sort of existence. That's just the reality of it, okay? And uh, yeah, you'll make more money, but usually dealers, <laughs> this is a funny, funny thing. Usually dealers are not motivated by money. Dealers are motivated by the game. They play business. Money is simply just a way to keep score. Okay. It's like they're playing real life monopoly. This is how dealers tend to think. And then finally, they will rely fully on people for technical information. Okay. So you may have a few exceptions. Elon Musk is a good example. He's an exception. He is a very much a technical founder. And, um, and he gets into the weeds and gets into the details. Again, to say he's an exception to the rule is just a massive understatement. Most people uh, are not going to be that way. You are not going to be as much into the technical information and more about getting the deals done, relying on the fundamentals and the strategies rather than the tactics. The tactics change every day. The, the, the strategies change, you know, in sweeping, you know, amounts of time, decades. But the fundamentals, the principles never change. Okay, so you're spending most of your time thinking about the fundamentals a little more time thinking about the strategy and virtually zero time thinking about tactics if you are in the dealer. So that's the three that I've come up with, the worker, the scaler, and the dealer. Naturally, the scaler seems to be sort of the sweet spot. You know, the scaler is going to be able to use a small team to scale into a couple million bucks a year, probably at the ceiling before it starts to get into dealer territory uh, where you get a lot more time demands and stress demands and money demands and full-time employees and all of that. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, personally, I'm mostly in that scalar position and, um, I'm enjoying it. It's a really great position to be in. You know, I work hard most days. I work the entire day, but there are days when I have to take a day off to go deal with something or whatever, and it's not a problem. And I don't like feel guilt about that or whatever. And I think that's part of the position that I've carved out uh, for myself. And I think it's something you should consider too. So there you have it, the worker, the scaler and the dealer, which one are you? Let me know down in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or send me an email. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on this. And that's all for now. God bless you guys. Take care and see you in the next one. Hey there, it's Steve. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get is, okay, Steve, I'm excited. I love this idea of subscription web design, but I have no clue where to get started. If that's you, go to subscriptionwebdesign.com right now, enter your best email address, and I'm going to send you an exclusive training that I did on the five models of subscription web design that will show you the options that are available to you and give you some things to think about on how to get started. And for a limited time, I'm going to include my contract template for subscription web design. I've been asked multiple times to provide this template, and it's usually only available to my paying students. It's a $100 value, but it's yours free. Just go to subscriptionwebdesign.com and enter your best email address there, and I'll send those right to you, as well as send you daily email tips from the trenches of running my agency. See you over there at subscriptionwebdesign.com.